Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Herald Podcast. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I've got a little bit of a different type of show segment today. I'm going to be talking to Zach Quaintance, the founder of Comics Bookcase and writer over at The Beat, otherwise known as Comics Beat. And today we're going to be talking to Zach about, I've had you on in the past to talk uh, comics, and you know we've talked X-Men, we've talked Best of 2020 recently, uh, but today we're going to talk a little bit about a Kickstarter that you were launching for your own written comics. So I wanted to uh, have you on to one, give you the chance to talk about the work and, and what it means to you, but also to talk to you a little bit about the experience of launching a, a Kickstarter project on comics. And then definitely, you know, personally, I'm interested in the comics journalist to comics creator sort of journey that you're taking, because I think there's, I think like a lot of times there's an assumption and often correctly that people writing about comics want to make their own comics. You know, I, I think that is true in a lot of cases. Um, I feel like it gets used it, like pejoratively sometimes, which I never really understand, honestly. Um, but obviously that is like a, a thing that you're doing now yourself. How, I guess, at what point, you know, you've, you've run Comics Book Case here for a while. You've been writing about comics for a while. At what point did you decide like, I want to, or I need to be making, you know, my own stories? Yeah, man. Um, it was something I was interested in from before I had even started the website, actually. Uh, my background sort of in uh, prose writing. Like I, most of my 20s, I spent writing short stories and I had a few published. Um, and at some point I just decided being in the literary world, um, I wanted to write, but I wasn't really having a lot of fun. It's sort of a dry, very academic, or it can be, especially the circles I was in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to transition to comics, but I, but I felt like I didn't really have a good understanding of the industry. Like I'd been reading comics for years, but I wasn't on the comics internet. I didn't know anyone else in comics, which with such a collaborative medium right. is uh, probably the most important thing to making them. Uh, so I started the website uh, as a way to like a dual purpose to sort of familiarize myself with the industry and network and also to sort of, um, like if I was going to be asking people to check out the comics I wanted to make, I wanted to be also contributing to the industry. I didn't want to just show up and be like, here, read this thing I have. I wanted to be part of it um, on a right. deeper level. Um, so yeah, it was sort of baked into the the idea of starting the website from the word go. For sure. Cool. Now, is this your first uh, comics work that you are looking to get published? I, I imagine you've written plenty, obviously, with that background. Um, but is this like the first one that is fully coming to fruition for you? Yeah, that that's the exact right way to describe it coming to fruition because it's this is the first one where it's going to end up having been illustrated, colored, lettered, and ultimately made available for other people to to purchase and read. Um, but yeah, it took a lot of it took a lot of false starts, a lot of um, kind of art that I never showed anybody, uh, and a lot a lot of. Uh, pages as I was kind of figuring out um, both format and voice within such a different medium than I was used to. Um, it just took a long time, I guess, to get to this point. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that it makes sense. I, before we get into some additional questions I have around like the setup and all that, I, can you give a little bit of an overview about the comic itself? So it's called uh, Next Door. It's labeled here a neo-noir crime comic one shot that you're looking to get published. You're writing this with uh, Pat Scott, Ellie Wright and Hassan Oatsmain Eloway on the creative team. Uh, what can you tell us about the the story? So 
Yeah, this is this is kind of an odd experience. Before I tell you about it, I'll just this is sort of an odd experience for me because I've been like yourself on the other side of that question. I don't know how many times. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And so this is historically the first time I'm I'm articulating this, like I guess um, for consumption publicly. I mean, I've told friends and family the pitch and all that, but uh, yeah. So this is this is weird. It feels very strange, but <laughs> I'll just get into it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a neo noir crime comic one shot about a privileged couple um, sort of buying their first house in a quote unquote up and coming neighborhood and not doing any of the legwork or responsible behavior that you should do um, when you're moving somewhere and just sort of blundering into this uh, area where they're sort of pushing out longtime residents. Um, and then the plot kicks into gear, their dog keeps getting loose, forcing them to, to interact with with the people who've historically lived there, who they find they're afraid of and don't trust. And the kind of things that happen because of that paranoia kick in to uh, gear a series of violent misadventures for everyone involved. Uh, yeah. What, what was it about this? Um, I guess like topically uh, gentrification that was, you know, the, the issue that you knew you wanted to tackle. Cause definitely like, you know, as far as, marketable approaches and you kind of allude to this in the kickstarter page like it's a tougher it's a tougher thing to explain i guess within the comics industry like hey why is this why is this an exciting <laughs> story you know why should you pick this up it's a it's a um intellectual topic right like it's like it's definitely has very strong merits to be discussed further but what was it about that that really um spoke to you yeah so it it's a mix of i guess my job and also uh my my personal history that sort of drew me to this topic i write about um local government uh for national publications so i'm often writing about housing crisis and uh causes and legislation and things around it so it, that's always kind of in the back of my mind um and in addition to that i've moved about six six times as an adult since i've been 20 years old uh and i've often found myself you know sort of i guess it's been I have a little bit of guilt associated with these moves like to move it anytime you move into a new community it can be very difficult and it's been a painful process for me um learning the most responsible ways to find housing uh and not be part of the problem not not be uh use privilege in a way that that damages communities and and exacerbates this national housing crisis that that we're all going with um and I definitely, like you said, like it's not marketable and it's a tough thing uh, to to explain a comic around, but it's 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 kind of started as a crime comic, and then these things uh, were just sort of boiling under the surface in my subconscious and like found their way into the into the bedrock of this story. And now I I have the fun job of trying to figure out how to how to make it appealing to people, which has right. been uh, uh, right. That's the challenge. Yeah, that that is the challenge, and to do it in a way that doesn't take uh, lightly the situation. I mean, I, and I I think that's been uh, the hardest thing is to not to not feel like um, that I'm not being respectful to uh, what is a very serious problem nationally. For sure, for sure. No, and you mentioned um, in the Kickstarter page, kind of like comparing some comics. You mentioned Bottom Feeders, a uh, story written by. Uh, Ezra Clayton Daniels and uh, oh, who is it? Uh, ben Passmore on art. Yeah. 
and which is a great graphic novel from fan graphics, which I've read within the last four or five months or so. And that story like just knocked me on the floor. It's so good. And that is a book about gentrification ultimately, like thematically. Um, but then within the context of that, you know, it's this almost like haunted mansion horror story. Right. And that, so there's certainly like I, when I say it's not marketable, I just mean it's not easy to summarize. I don't Absolutely. like, you know, <laughs> there's not going to be uh, possible entertainment and value in this, obviously, because that's that's a very recent example where the, that is the topic. Um, and it's a, it's an incredible work. I read it in one sitting. You know, I, I couldn't put it down. So definitely that is obviously the challenge for you is to meet bottom feeders as good as bottom feeders or better is, uh, is the bar. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's incredibly intimidating. I think bottom feeders is one of the best graphic novels of the last couple of years, but it, it, it was definitely an inspiration, um, for, like you say, for the way that it, it does take the serious topic and, uh, creates an enter entertaining story around it. But on a, on a deeper level, one thing that was really helpful to me, that, um, that I picked up on in bottom feeders was I don't think that story lets anyone off the hook for their role in, in a shared problem. Like right. it, and that, that really motivated me to look at my own role, um, within housing crisis in the communities I've lived in, um, uh, and just explore the different layers of it. Like it is possible to, uh, take a very nuanced approach to a very complex topic. And I think that book absolutely nailed it. Um, hopefully we'll do, do it half as well as they did <laughs> you know, out, of, <laughs> yeah, out of the no, gate. I'd be happy with that. Right. No, for sure. And so you're doing, uh, it says over 30 pages here. Um, how did you, how did you, uh, connect ultimately with the creative team that you're working with here? Um, so Pat and I had, I, we'd known each other, uh, on social media for a real long time. Um, go, I, they, he was one of the, early followers of my website way back in the day. Um, yeah. we both sort of lived in, in Northern California. Um, we're familiar with the same area that we've never met in person, but we talked for a while about, about doing something. And the quarantine was sort of an impetus to be like, Hey, let's, we're sheltering in place. Let's, uh, let's get serious about this. Like, let's, let's do something. And it started as a seven page short comic. Um, and that, that went really well. Like we found that we worked really well together. Uh, the thing about Pat Scott is if you look at his work, he's obviously a very talented artist, but he is as good, if not a better storyteller um, than I would consider myself to be like some of the, the pages that he gives me um, make it really, really easy uh, to do a lettering pass on because it's all there. Like it's without mm -hmm. the words there, it's all in the visuals. Um, so we found that we had a really good working relationship, kicking ideas back and forth. Um, and then we just sort of, Pat and I like made a list of colorists and Ellie was at, at the top of it. Um, just the way her, we thought that her, her work would really match his art. And as soon as she saw the line work, she was really excited. Like, Oh, I'd love to work on this project. So we were kind of happy. That was a mutual feeling. And then I think Hassan, who's also behind a uh, panel by panels does some of the most innovative lettering um, of any letterer today. Like I just, every time I'm reading a comic, he's lettered each page I think tries to do something, at least one thing that'll just surprise you in, with a way that doesn't distract from the story. So that was, mm. we were really happy to get him involved as well. Um, that's kind of how it all came together. Nice. Yeah, no, it's a cool, it's a cool creative team with like a nice mix of, of backgrounds in terms of experience. Uh, like you said, you know, Pat has done the space wolf, uh, but he's, you know, I think a name, not a ton of people 
would know off the bat. And then, you know, Ellie Wright has done colored a lot of works like on the bigger, larger publisher side. And obviously Hassan has like a lot of a lot of clout in the in the comics, like creative space and just increasingly seems to be lettering um half of all the really good books yeah like him and Aditya Bidikar yeah like lettering most things now so uh yeah so that's that's cool I'm excited to see the whole thing come together um how did you so you're you're working on this work and that's obviously like that's obviously step number one is like all right let's make a good comic um yeah. and obviously that is its own creative challenge but then step two is like all right I gotta mark it this comic i got you know in putting together a kickstarter and i i imagine this is your first kickstarted project yeah it, it yeah. is and it's terrifying and exciting <laughs> in equal yeah part. yeah this is yeah. the first time i'm kickstarting something no i can i can definitely imagine i mean i it took me probably a good year of working myself up just to set up a patreon for comic book herald where i was like do i feel comfortable enough asking anyone to like put money towards this work I do. And then once I did it, I was like, oh, why did I wait so long? Um, you know, like people are people are super generous sometimes uh, when they when they like something. I think Kickstarter has that and then some because then you're you're delivering something creatively, obviously, that you're putting your heart and soul into. How did you how did you decide when you're putting together like something specific like the pledge goal? Like how did you align on numbers even? Uh, so, I mean, Pat is really good with uh contracts and numbers and things for his day job uh he works with that kind of stuff he yeah. had a spreadsheet early on in the process that that figured a lot of it out to like a tenth of a cent <laughs> like that how we'd have to set pledges and, th and things like that to uh to make it all feasible and and most likely but uh nice. the second part of that was like a lot of uh reaching out to people who i knew who'd done kickstarters like charlie Stick stickney um behind the book white ash which has been one of the most uh successful kickstarters i can think of mm -hmm. uh, he's now on the fifth issue kickstarting has made well over a hundred thousand dollars um in pledges um so i would run the tiers by him as i was working on them and ryan burke uh was also very helpful in that process uh what i found was people there's a there's a real as in most of the comics there's a real strong community in kickstarter and people as soon as he said i'm working on a kickstarter or like let me help you with your kickstarter yeah. so there was a lot of uh expertise to draw from for the the tiers and the pledges and things for for people who don't know as much about kickstarting a comic because like they're like you're saying like there's a sizable comics kickstarting community um and one thing I've, i'm realizing probably more through this quarantine than i ever have before is like there's a lot of work i miss out on because it is kickstarter exclusive and there's this there's this kind of fascinating thing where it's like it, it, there's a way to miss out on comics in like a way that I don't fear in in print or in the direct market because nine times out of ten it's like oh well it's on a comicsology or I can get it digitally elsewhere too right if I don't actually have it but with Kickstarter there is that actual like oh if I don't if I don't um, you know pledge towards this I'm actually going to miss out uh, which is I think pretty unique and interesting what uh what are these specifics around and you don't need to go into everything but like maybe some stuff that jumped out at you in terms of what is the money going towards like what are the things that are major concerns for you in terms of actually making this happen yeah um i think it's different for everybody is the sense that i've gotten but in our in our individual project uh i we'd worked out to the point where we were going to do the short comic uh 
that was all taken care of. Like we don't need any money for that. Uh, and then when we decided to expand it, that's what we needed the Kickstarter funds for. So to, in order to to print a longer product um, and also to have it colored and lettered, because originally it was going to be black and white, and Pat was going to letter it himself. Uh, to to expand the creative team to to bring them on board, we need the Kickstarter money. Um, and we but we want it. It, there's like a tricky balancing act you do because you want to provide value first and foremost, especially with your first time out, I think, yeah. um, to kind of build um, support and just, you know, on a deeper level, you don't want anyone walking away feeling like they uh, they didn't get what they expected. So there, that's um, right. that was all kind of rolled up and uh, into the decisions we had to make ultimately about kickstarting it. And um, a lot of Kickstarters will do the thing where they, they'll put the, percentage so you can see exactly where the uh the money is going but um our our goal is pretty modest so i think it's pretty and we didn't want to we didn't want to um you know put anybody's rates out there inadvertently so so we just kind of said that it's going to pay the color letter and to print the thing yeah yeah okay do you have an expectation and it might say on the kickstarter page and i just missed it around uh like how many issues you would actually be looking to make or is that entirely just dictated on on backing um so this is conceived as a complete story like uh there's no cliffhanger there's no uh there's no impetus on us to do anymore but uh you know if it is mega successful i do envision it like that we could do a series of vignettes maybe not with these same characters but around the subject matter because as we were creating this there was just so much we couldn't include topically um, and we do have stretch goals on it to expand by five to 10 pages if, if it is really successful to add um, some of the ideas we have that I think are most urgent. But um, yeah, so it's, I think it's like a lot of things in comics these days with the financial realities making it so like it's contained as it comes. But um, if it proves to be really popular, we've left ourselves avenues to explore um, the same subject matter uh, in different ways. Cool, cool. What else? Uh, obviously, you're you're talking to me, you know, in terms of like reaching out to to people that have some platform to talk about comics. But what else are you trying to do now that you're on again that like the other side of the the interview mic in terms of promoting the work? Yeah. So um, there's a whole bunch of things. Like it's one thing I've been trying to do is thinking like you know what I know what from writing for the beat and writing for my own site. I know what kind of things. I find appealing from a marketing perspective or that that mm. kind of get my attention. And I think for the most part, they're things that are are maybe a little surprising, but always sort of genuine and creative. Uh so I don't if you if you notice on the campaign page, we tried to keep it really conversational. Um yeah. and just be straightforward, like we're having a conversation, like we're not marketing to somebody. And so an extension of that, what I'm going to do is each weekday as the campaign runs, I'm going to have a daily blog um, on my web that I host through my website, sort of a behind the scenes look um, at the project, as well as kind of a, a resource for someone who might be looking to do the same thing. Like, here's what I'm learning. Yeah. Here's what I learned during the lead up uh, and share as much of that in a, in a conversational way as possible. Um, Past that, I think it's the standard thing. Like I'm writing a press release in advance. I have a list of outlets to send it to. Um, we're gonna announce, uh, I think by the time this goes up, it might already be online, but we'll have an exclusive announcement through the beat. Um, and I I don't know, like just 
from what I understand, it's a, it's almost like having a second job for the entire month, like sending emails, <laughs> interacting with people on social yeah. media. So I'm a little terrified of of the uh, day to day things that might may come up in service and marketing this thing, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, probably talk to me in three weeks, and it'll all I'll be very frazzled, like uh, with a whole different set of answers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I imagine um, it's it's definitely I'll I'll be really curious to check out that. Uh, the kind of the inside baseball, like how's it going piece. Cause I, I think that'll be really interesting to a lot of people. I am, I am consistently increasingly sort of impressed and, and interested in the marketing aspect of comics for creators. You know, I, I think this gets some attention in terms of like how much individual creators have to market their own work, even at bigger sort of more prestigious levels, you know, like, like emails I will get from creators at known publishers who are like, you know, as opposed to from the publisher themselves, right? And they're like, hey, please check out oh, my yeah. work. Do you want to talk about it? Right. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you get tons of these as well. Um, it's definitely, it's kind of an underrated thing about making comics is like, if you're really good at the second job of marketing, that's incredibly helpful to you. But it is a ton of work. Like, that is, there are trained marketing professionals, right? I work yeah. marketing for a living, right? That is like, that is what a lot of people do. Um, so it's, it's a weird thing to just have be like, the, yeah, the second piece of the puzzle you need to do. And then like, to your point, you know, so this being a second job for a month, you already have a second job, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least one. So <laughs> how do you like, where did you fit in, you know, create like the creative time? How do you manage that balance of like carving out space to just to write? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's routine is so important for that. Uh, at the be at the beginning of this year, um, even before the quarantine, I decided I was going to make a, uh, a more concentrated effort to actually write comics, like instead of just with the website. So what I had to do was, was pick an hour of the day that was a baseline minimum writing time hour. So I picked eight 30 to nine 30 PM. It's just where it worked in my schedule. And it, at, I just structured my whole day, uh, around that time, like made sure that we had dinner before that, whatever, my wife and I are watching TV. I was, let her know, like, you know, that's eight 30 is the writing time. And I'd go upstairs and, but get my butt in the chair for the, the full hour. Um, yeah. and I couldn't have done it without that. But like, by the time I was ready to reach out, I don't think I talked to Pat formally about what the project that became next door until early March. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was, I don't know, 60 some consecutive days of spending an hour at my desk every single day working on scripts and ideas and things like that. Um, and that's the only way that I've been able to find to do it. I've heard other smarter writers say this before that if you only write when you feel like it, you'll never write. Like you'll just, yeah. you'll, it'll just always continue to put it off. So I would sit down, I'd set a timer, um, I'd have a glass of water so I wouldn't have any excuse possible to get up and just do the work basically. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, how many passes did you go through on the script? Like, did you, is there a lot of stuff you scrapped working through it or was it more just like I had the kernel of the idea and then I, I edited from there. So like I, one thing that was really valuable with, with writing this script was, um, I was working on something else that I was thinking of as like, this is my really important project for the year. Like I was going to, this was going to be the big one that I did for this year. Um, mm -hmm. and so, a lot of the like what 
having that led to a more casual sort of relaxed creative vibe with this one. Uh, when I did start talking to Pat, it was just going to be this short little thing. Like it, it wasn't the one that I was like, you know, that scene in Tommy boy where he's like explaining how he always wrecks his sales. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that a little bit with like my big idea, whatever I'm trying to work on. Like it, mm -hmm. I might start the good kernel of idea and I just kind of run it into the ground. Um, and so having this be the like secondary thing was really helpful to start. Uh, and it, it just led to really creative back and forth. Um, and then within that, like, I, like, I mean, I don't even know how to count how many different, uh, drafts there were really like, there was a lot of, there's a long email chain that I think's up to a hundred messages back and forth of just me and Pat talking about ideas. Um, yeah. and so that was really helpful and, and it took shape that way. And then it got to a certain point where he was drawing the first six pages that we decided to expand it to 30. And I, I, after that point, we already had a good framework in place and I was able to come back with the full 30 page script and it didn't take too much work past that, but it was the first five to seven pages that really, um, I think it's like building the foundation for a building. Like we had to get all that in place. And once we did, it went up a lot quicker around that. Sure. Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to check this out. Um, I'll definitely be pledging. Uh, when can people actually find the launched uh, Kickstarter? uh august 3rd or we've uh we've august 3rd is a monday which i um and we've we've said it so it may go up august 4th i mean just kind of depending if some some big news happens over that weekend as is want to do all this right. year you know <laughs> we've given ourselves a couple extra days to push it back so uh okay. but by the first week in august it'll be up uh you'll be able to find it next door on kickstarter all right, cool. Next door on Kickstarter, uh, August 3rd. We'll put a link in the show notes here so people can check that out. Uh, anything else on the horizon for you that you're excited about that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I mean, that that, that behind-the-scenes blog I'm pretty excited about. I'm, I'm working on some of the entries in advance. Uh, the first one's going to be about, uh, you know, you get those pitches where they have uh, an equation for what the story's about. Like, you see, mm -hmm. like, oh, this is a new uh, Star Wars meets Breaking Bad is one I constantly <laughs> see. Uh, right, the, fir yeah. the first entry is going to be about how uh, mine started with, like eventually you see on there, it's got into bottom feeders, the dregs, and the stray bullets, mm -hmm. which I think is a pretty good uh, uh, sample of the influences for this thing. But it actually started with Death of a Salesman, Noah Bomback, and Brubaker. And, so, and I talked to a friend of mine who's a publicist that was just like, look, this is not it. Like, this is not the way you want to market your comic. <laughs> and so that'll be the first entry that goes up to start the blog. And it's going to be a lot of stuff like that. Just kind of like, uh, mishaps and comics marketing and, and learning to do this, um, almost in real time as we go next month. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I remember, I think it might've been little bird, which, uh, which just won an Eisner congrats to the little bird team. And, uh, I think when they launched a lot of people were giving them a hard time because the blurb was like, it's uh it's game of thrones meets and then something else where it was just like what like you pick the two biggest things in the <laughs> world you know that yeah. bad analogy because i can't even remember what it was but it, yeah you can definitely get those things where it's like everything's meets breaking bad now and i know uh, i'm ready i'm ready for some uh meets breaking uh better call salt i'm ready yeah. for some <laughs> change of pace <laughs> i, I so, feel like cool. Star Wars and Breaking Bad are the two things that people. It, it was Game of Thrones for a while there, but now it's everything. Star Wars or Breaking Bad plus yeah. whatever they come up with, and it's just yeah. it, and nothing, 
I don't know. When was the last time you read a comic that had anything in common with Breaking Bad? It's like never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's not actually a super common uh, story format. Although I'll admit some of that stuff is like, like in music, if somebody's like, yeah, they kind of sound like pavement. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm listening. Right. <laughs> I'm in. Like, it's such an easy, easy hook for me. Um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Zach, this was fun. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on. And uh, yeah, we'll share the work. You can find Zach at Comics Bookcase. And of course, comicsbookcase.com. And then again, we'll share the link to the Kickstarter here. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And, and maybe in the aftermath of all this, we can talk about how uh, how the project was so successfully funded. Right? Oh, that'll, be the, that'll be the narrative. I wish. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good deal.